We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to Hello? some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some Hello? people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some Hello? people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause Kristen knows blank. Welcome back to the Kristen Knows Blank podcast. I am so excited about my guest today. Uh, it's so rare as a comedian to meet another comedian that I hadn't met before that I have so much in common with, but that's exactly what happened. But before we get to her, hi guys, thank you for listening or watching. However you're taking in this podcast, please do me a favor, like, follow, subscribe, comment, leave a review on this podcast. However you're watching or listening, there's going to be a button somewhere around the screen that says like, follow, or subscribe. Just push the button and see what happens. You could start a new religion. Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm the host of this crazy mess. You can find me through my website, kristenkey.com. Follow me on all my social media. Uh, if you want to support this or all my shows through the Patreon. It's a lot of fun, bonus content, videos, there's merch, all kinds of fun stuff. And I'm also on Cameo. So if you want to give the unique gift of me, I write songs for everybody who gets a Cameo. Now, today my guest is a hilarious comedian. She's an artist. She has a great dry bar special. Hey, computer lady, play that interview with JJ Barrows. Playing interview with JJ Barrows. JJ, it's wonderful to have you on today. I'm so excited to meet you because in looking you up online, we have a lot in common. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We're both <laughs> preacher's kids. Yes. Oh my God. We both grew up feeling isolated like we didn't fit in. We're yep. both females. We're both stand-up comedians. I think we've both overcome some things on the maybe addiction, alcohol, you know, yeah, some, there you go. Overcome yeah. some stuff. So A little recap time. <laughs> I know, I know. And then I want to get into your hobbies. But first off, like you grew up a preacher's kid too. You felt how how did being a preacher's kid affect you doing stand-up in the first place? It's so funny. I, I was thinking about this like a a while ago, I grew up. I grew up seeing my family always on stage. My granddad was on stage. My dad was on stage. I never thought like one day I would be on stage. Like the closest I ever got to the stage was like for an altar call. Like <laughs> probably going down every time just because of the attention. <laughs> I think I was like really desperate for it. <laughs> and eventually, I wasn't allowed to go down anymore. Um, <laughs> I think you do that. You're like, no, you've come forward to that. We know yeah. you're a sinner. Just sit down. <laughs> we all know why you're down here. So <laughs> why is that for preachers? Cause, cause I know a lot of us end up in stand up or recovery and it's yeah. because like a lot Maybe of preachers kids do have this, I didn't fit in. I felt different, which you're actually, you grow up in this church. That's like, you're a family, but it's like, not yeah. me for some yeah. reason. Like, what so, is that? Yeah. It's so bizarre. I've thought of that a lot. Cause I, I was talking to someone recently and they're like, well, what's your like family like background like? And I was like, the bizarre part is my parents loved me, so I can't blame them for Same. Yeah, yeah. I Good can't parents. blame them. Yeah, for my issues, so to speak. But I don't know, maybe it is. There's this communal expectation, I think, from the community that expects you to be a certain way because you are the preacher's kid that to some degree, I feel like maybe you feel like you have to be on or you have to be presentable or you're representing what your dad does or your family does. And in that sense, there's this degree to which you aren't sure if you can be your whole self, because your full self or whoever that is, because you aren't sure if people are going to like that, accept that, want that. They want the version right. you know, that they have of, of you. And if, if, the pre if the preacher can't lead his kids, how's he going to lead a congregation? Like there's all this pressure sorry, that, dad sorry yeah. dad, my brother both like well shit happens you know? <laughs> exactly we, we ended up getting a, like a punch card for for therapy <laughs> sessions oh for God, the kids yeah. 
because <laughs> there's four of us. I grew up with three siblings and in different ways, we all kind of like similarly just battled that idea of like not knowing kind of how we fit or, or where we fit and found different ways or different communities or outlets to be like, well, this is me. Because again, I think if even though it's not like limelight, limelight, it's limelight enough in your community when you're sure. a preacher's kid. Um, there's something I think satisfying when you find your own group, a group that you didn't have to be a part of that you had to represent. And so it's probably why a lot of preacher's kids rebel, so yeah. to speak, like they want to find their own what they think, what they believe, what yeah, voice. Yeah. What they yeah. Yeah. That's for, for me. I don't know if it was for you. That's what exactly what stand up gave me was I felt like I, yeah. like I hadn't had a voice. Cause like I, we were saying we were twice on Sundays, once on Wednesdays, church camp every summer, Bible bowls, like everything. And so I, I love like getting to do like skits at church camp. But then when it came to like stand up, all of a sudden, like I can say anything in the whole yeah. wide world and no one's gonna, you can't kick me out. Yeah, you can't you know? I don't have to come forward and confess. It, it's like it was. It was yeah. really a way to have a voice. Yeah, it's interesting because I found stand up so much later in life. Like sure. again, I I didn't grow up thinking I would be on a stage. I had no idea that I could do it. I didn't. I, I was never like I want to be a stand up one day. I I found it by accident. I thought I was signing up for an improv class, and they were like, "Oh, that's full, but you could do stand up." And I was like, "It's probably the same." <laughs> like that's how little I knew about comedy. I was like, "Stand up, improv, it's all comedy," and I and I had no idea. And then the first day of class, the teacher had everyone go up and say why they were taking the class on stage, and everyone in there was like. Oh, I love comedy or I'm inspired by Robin Williams or I've always wanted to be a comedian or this is on my bucket list. And I legit was sitting in the chair like I'm a fraud. Like it felt like a Sunday, <laughs> like I'm in church and I know I'm a fraud. <laughs> and so I'm like panicking. I'm kind of like internally trying to decide what I'm going to say. And I get up there and whatever it was, I just, I just said, honestly, I was like, you know, honestly, like, I'm going through a rough season of life and I probably need the therapy, but I couldn't afford it. So I'm taking this class and everyone kind of laughed. And it was the first time I realized I could be honest about what I was insecure about and people could relate. Like I wasn't the only one that was insecure about it. And in that relating, people found it funny. And like, it was kind of like this aha moment that was like, wait, if I can be me, like just be me and 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 feel okay about that. And, and not only like be accepted for being me, but like bring enjoyment to people because they also get what it's like to awkwardly be a human. There's gold in there. Like there's something there. And so that's kind of what it's saying. Like I didn't, I maybe didn't have the words articulated in the beginning, but it was very much that feeling of, wow, I can just be me up here as, as I am. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, we have, <laughs> it's so crazy how much our, we have stuff that parallels. We both share a love of one of the greatest, uh, singer songwriters of all time. Uh, the fantastic and wonderful uh, Miss Dolly Parton, which you have Dolly. right there. Yeah. yeah. I love Dolly so much. We've got to, we got to talk Dolly. Where you always got to talk Dolly. Yeah. I always joke that she's my favorite theologian. <laughs> I would worship Dolly Parton. I would absolutely worship Dolly Parton. Absolutely. Yeah. Or I'd I mean, follow her like as if she was a cult. Yeah. It'd be a good cult. I I've always loved her music. 
But kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like not, I don't watch a lot of comedy because I get anxious or whatever. And so when people people always ask me like, who inspires you comedically or who's your favorite comedian? And I always have a hard time answering because there might be people that I find funny, but then there is also maybe like the way they live their life outside of the stage. And sometimes I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to walk that route. I, how do I, how do I make, how do I do this stage life thing? But it's just, I don't know. It's always like different you for me. You want the whole package. You want someone that's good, like a good person and good at their craft. I wanted to know that, yeah, that you could be an entertainer, that you could entertain people, that you could genuinely like bring joy to people without being, you know, it's like when you see that, like your favorite athlete and then you see him off the field and they're a total jerk or whatever it is like there's plenty of examples but i wanted to know that it was possible to maintain your sense of self your sanity your faith your 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 genuine belief in the good of people like life is just so hard and chaotic it's so easy to be pessimistic like i'm very prone to it for sure and i think the comedy industry is so rough that it it makes you even more so and i think that's why a lot of people are bitter and are resentful and maybe why the comedy industry is so rough and so the more that i would get into comedy the more i was like man i don't know how long i want to walk down this road because if it's gonna like toughen me up to the degree that i lose my faith in humanity i don't know how worth it it is this is very normal for comedians to be like oh my god i'm gonna lose my soul in this business <laughs> It's the worst. It's true. It's something you wrestle with because you're around a lot of depressed people talking about yes. like the worst things in existence. And they're asking, can I make that funny? Can I make that rape joke funny? Yeah. Like, and you're like, I don't know, buddy. Like, like oh, I'm having a rough Sunday, you know? Yeah, so I, I, it's so true. I always tell people comedy, the comedy industry is the best worst thing ever. It's like... <laughs> It's just, that's just the best way for me to sum it up. But for me, Dolly was this example of, man, she's someone who has known how to navigate showing up in the world. And it's funny, right? Cause like, obviously she'll be the first to joke about like what's fake about her on the outside, True. but she's so real inside. And she'll say, I give people something to look at, but then once they look, I say what I say, something worth saying. And I'm like, that's huge. And and we don't have a whole lot of that, I don't think. And so I think to see a woman really like, man, just be true to herself, to love on people, to conduct business, to be super talented. She's just this like all encompassing like aura of, of goodness in the world and gives me hope that like, oh, I can keep doing this thing. I can keep entertaining people without losing what is so joyful about it. Because it's weird how you do it to bring joy to people, right? But it's weird how it can also like really lose its joy for you when it becomes just like a job or it does become a competition with you and other comedians who are always trying to book the gig. Like a validation. If it ever becomes your validation, it'll be it'll never be enough. Never. It'll never be enough. Never. She's, do you live like, where do you live right now? Are you Are you near... Uh, it's like Sevierville and, and yeah, so I'm in Ch Chattanooga, which is like two hours. So I got my season pass to Dollywood. Oh my God. That's so cool. I I've heard so many stories from people like the locals that say that, oh, there was this time that Dolly Parton came into the Cracker Barrel, like incognito and paid for everybody's dinner or there was yeah. a, a, a county road need fixing. And she was at a city council meeting was like, 
I'll pay for the whole road. Like, yeah, she just shows up all the time. She loves on her community, all her, everyone that works at Dollywood, like she pays for their education. So I went to Dollywood, they had season pass day, like last month and we went. And when we were there, they were talking about, they were going to have this parade. And every time I go, I'll pull, I'll pull one out. I make these crowns. You're in a craft room right now. Like, why are we, how are we not friends before this? This is, wait for it. look at you. What the is hell? My, is my Dolly, oh. my Dolly Parton crown. <laughs> look at her boobs. I made them out of egg cartons, so I call her Dolly Carton. Oh my. <laughs> and this is what I wear when I go to Dollywood. Kids are like, mommy, who is that? Like, I'm someone important, but I'm like, really not at all. <laughs> This is so amazing. But so last time we went, they were like, oh, yeah, they're having this parade. But the parade, and I didn't know this until it started. The parade was literally just an open car with Dolly Parton in it, waving to people. And I panicked. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I'm wearing my crown. And she's coming. And I know, like, I'm going to just be like, Dolly, I'm going to scream. And the closure she gets, I mean, my heart was raised. I felt like I was having a heart attack. Like, I was like, why am I feeling this way? I feel this way listening to your story. Like, go on. I know. So she gets up, like, right to where we are. And I go, what? And I I choked. (laughs) I couldn't say anything. I couldn't get it out. And Josh, my husband's behind me going, babe. And I just was like. But she saw my crown and she pointed, I have pictures of it. And my husband has it on video. She goes, Whoa, and she waves and she does this. And I'm like, yeah. and I just like watch her go by. Oh so I, at least I got, I got the slightest bit of acknowledgement for my, for my Dolly Parton crown. She would do it. She was, there's like oh, Molly and I, my wife has talked about like celebrity. Like, do I get starstruck? Most people not in the million years. Dolly, for some yeah. reason, I don't think I could keep it together. I'd probably cry. Or yeah. Something. And it's not like me, but she's, she's bigger. She's bigger than that to me. Same. Yeah. It's because that's, what's weird about it is that though she's a celebrity, she's, she's such a real person. Right. Oh, that, every interview I've seen her in, she's she doesn't sidestep questions. She's she looks you straight in the eye. She's so yeah. sweet, so kind. But yeah. and musically, like as a singer songwriter, I can't even. I mean, it's just it's it's unbearable to me that yeah. she has that much talent. It's yeah. just it's too much for me. So I just listen to her and love it. Yeah, the songs, not only the songs that she's written, but the amount of songs. Like people don't realize like how much she's actually like written. Like that, like, and she'll just like and spout it out. It's like the talent is insane, and like I, I credit her with my own like journey back to like spirituality and stuff because I was my, her when she talks about stuff and she she's very honest about the fact that she prays or she talks to God and she, you know, when she when something is bothering her or hurting her or when someone's in need or whatever it is when she has a decision to make. Like there, and there was something about that that spoke to me that was like, man, I've, it's funny how, you know, you throw the baby out with the bathwater for me, or maybe for other preacher's kids, you grew up in the church and it rubs you the wrong way enough that you're like, I'm done with all of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there is something in there that's like, but at the same time, I hope there's something bigger than me out there. Cause if not, like, what is the point? Like, right. But seeing a woman like in the public eye maintain who she is and without batting an eye, just she has a higher power and that she knows she can't do it without him and all this stuff. Like for me, it was like, oh my God, maybe I don't have to throw it all out. Like 
it's it's not as simple, right? We always jump as humans. I feel like we always jump to extremes. So it's always one or the other. Oh, this way didn't work, so let's just do it this way. And it's like, no, nah, there's this beautiful middle ground of living in the tension of life being beautiful and hard, and life can suck and God can be good at the same time. You know, whatever that people right, right. have different yeah. varyings. You know, what their higher power is, but. If those were even for me sometimes like with religious or Christianese words, the words are what trip people up. And they did for me for a long time too. But at a certain point I was just like, man, whatever, I don't want to throw it all out. And I'm just going to figure out the words and the language that works for me and that works for God. And if I need to navigate that or use different words with different friends or different people, like sure. God's big enough that that's okay. You know, <laughs> I think it's more important that I believe in something than I have yeah. to define what it is. Like, yeah. because I don't, I'm not good at that and I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. If you ask me a bunch of questions, I don't have answers, but I do yeah. believe in something and it's, it's personal and I'm working on it and I like it. I'm yeah. It. And it's okay. Like, I think yeah. that's the other thing is it's okay for people to be where they're at yeah. in their process. Like to just, even if, if where they're at is this place of asking questions or place of confusion. Like how much better to be in that place where you're like curious about things than if you're just like closed off. To me, there's something really beautiful. I love hearing different backgrounds and stories and all these things. But I, yeah, I think growing up in the church and church does, they do some things well and they do some other things not so well. But I think at least growing up in the South and in, in the church, there was kind of this like, no, it's only this way. It only looks like this. And I feel like that. to that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, picking up what you're putting down. <sighs> try to say, try to say nice. I try not to bash them at all because it's like, well, it's none of my business now. But yeah, I was yeah. growing up in that. And it's our way yeah. or hell was the alternative. It's yeah. our way or hell. And that was yeah. as a child. It's like, yeah. what? terrifying. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. Go to hell. Even that, like, it, like, even the idea of like heaven was terrifying to me. I remember in church, we would sing Amazing Grace. And when it got to the line, and we've been there 10,000 years, shining bright like the sun. I remember I used to think 10,000 years? That's terrifying. Like, Especially because it's unknown. An uncomfortable pew. You know, and see, really, the concept of time is like this is a long time. Well, a long heaven is a time. Yeah, this we're just gonna be like burning balls of sun singing for ten (laughs) thousand years. Like it just sounded so scary as a kid. I just couldn't. Heaven is terrifying. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah, but no, and so no wonder, right? People, as you get older, you you know, you throw it all out. But then as you keep going through life, you realize, but man, life is rough. I need something. There's, there's gotta be something. And yeah, I credit Dolly with (laughs) Dolly. That's it. We've adopted Dolly as our personal Lord and Savior now. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the video of a guy who said, Dolly, Dolly is the closest thing that we have to a modern day savior or a whatever it was. I can't remember the word. He might have said savior. He said, so we have adopted the name. We have officially adopted the name for Dolly to be Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Yeah. It's time for five quick questions. Five quick questions with JG Barrows. Uh, question number one, uh, you have been offered three times any rate you've ever been paid. If you will do stand-up comedy at a nudist resort nude, do you take the gig? No. It's a flat no. no. Flat no. No amount of money or did I just, I, I came in too low? No amount of money. I, I Do you know what though? It has nothing to do with nudists, all power and respect to you. 
It's my own insecurities. <laughs> just, you just couldn't perform naked. Wouldn't put, I, I don't know if I could do it. I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I don't know if I could, who knows? Maybe it would be the most freeing thing and I, and I would need it. It might be therapeutic, but I, I can't, I, I can't imagine I would do that. I'm like, wow, if everybody else is naked too, maybe that would even the playing field. And I do yeah, like money. I, I, I would weird be stuff for money. I would be so distracted though. If everyone else was naked, I'd be like, wow, what are we working with? <laughs> <laughs> is this on the table? Am I supposed to make fun of it? Probably not. I probably shouldn't. I'm going to want to. There's no way I could stick to my material. Like there's, okay. it's just going to be so distracting. So no. All right. Number two, number two, you're about to swear and you notice a kid in the room. What is your go-to almost swear? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably fudge. You're a fudger. Truck. <laughs> yeah, you can tell what word I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just rant. Whatever is in front of me, I'll be like, blueberry. Like, or <laughs> crush. Like, it just, I'll just spout out, like, whatever <laughs> word there is. Refrigerator Tourette's. Ah, peaches. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I like these questions. I learned a lot about the guests this way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three. Question number three. Uh, choose, oh, this is a weird one. Okay, they're getting weird. They're gonna get weirder now. I've never asked this one before. Uh, choose a new profession for yourself. The profession has to fight other professions in a death match using only the tools of their trade. What is your new profession and why do you think you'd win? A death match? Whoa. Okay, wow, this is a curious question. Well, my automatic response was gonna be, I would be a therapist. You have a pen? A note and a bunch of books. Yeah, a death match. To death wow. Yeah. I feel like with a pen, you know, I could get like really get in there. Like, but if I'm uh, a gynecologist, I could speculate the crap out of you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This could be an entertaining death match, though. I like, feel like it could. Cause, yeah. 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 A lawyer, you'd think, oh, that's a great profession until it comes to a death match with your tools. A dentist would kick a lawyer's ass. Yeah, and you could use mind games and like reverse psychology, like you know what I mean, like mentally mess with them and catch that them off guard, true. and then like pop, like <laughs> therapist doesn't seem so bad after all, does it? Right? <laughs> Are you gonna stick with therapist? Is that your I final think, answer? I think I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, okay. therapy death match. Good luck in your your death. I'm gonna stick with gynecologist because I usually wouldn't want to be one, but I like all those tools at my disposal. That's so good. Okay, they're getting worse. Uh, question number four. You're kidnapped and entered into a hot dog eating contest. To save your life, how many hot dogs could you eat? Okay, well, I have won a hot dog eating contest before. Shut up! Yeah, and um, they put a twist on it. They put jalapenos or whatever the really hot pepper is in the hot dogs. Okay, like probably, a worst? Yeah. Probably if it wasn't, not just like a hot dog with be like the jalapenos in it, but like literally on top of the hot dog so it was the straight up like peppers and probably that's mainly the main reason that i won because i think because it was all dudes and me it was like it was at a relay for life or one of those events you know it was at a so this is back in the south there was a military college so it was all dudes it was this event they were putting on like it's like one of those like walk all night for i'm gonna butcher it it might have been like cancer or something that sounds like i'm downplaying it no, sorry no, it's fine it's fine it's more i know the story the, the hot dogs are the most important part you know of the what i mean yeah it was like a, it was for a good cause sure i believe you 100 percent. whether and it was so, for deaf children or cancer doesn't matter oh, so how many they had to be, because people were walking all night and or and they and they would take turns they also had to have like you know 
entertainment and whatever things going on. So at a certain part of the night, they said, oh, now it's time for the hot dog eating contest. And I don't know why one of my friends thought it would be a good idea for me to enter. I think she just thought it would be funny because she's like, oh, it's like all those dudes. And then like you get up there and blah, 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 whatever. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. But then they said, there's going to be like jalapenos on the hot dogs. And so I ate a total of eight hot dogs with jalapenos on them. And I won. I beat the guy. The guy, the last guy that tapped out, tapped out at seven. And they're all just like, like heads down, like mouths burning. I'm telling you though, the next day, like it wrecked me. Like it was probably the worst thing. I'm sure. <laughs> wrecked oh me. I felt violated. <laughs> like it just, it was, I, I don't recommend it. I have, it, so, I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but it's like, I would have, yeah, I would, I would have, I would have just died. I would have yeah. Died. Cause I don't even really do spicy, but there's something like, there was something about it mentally. If it was like a timed thing, like if we had to like hurry, I don't know if I would have done as well, like, you know, eat as many yeah. in a certain amount of time, but because there was no time limit, it literally was just when you tapped out, I just like, I dug my heels in mentally. I went back to, you know, like the training of my youth. And I was like, I can do all things through Christ who's strength. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer yeah. this question, to save your life, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat? Is it just like however many it takes, I guess? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think so. Man, some people on this one, because this is a standard question, some people on this one have your attitude. And then I, every time I'm like, maybe four. <laughs> like, I'm like, I get full. But I, some people just have more of a will to live and overcome. I really respect that. Um, okay, okay. Question number five. Question number five. Oh, sorry. You're kidnapped and you're forced into a karaoke contest. Ooh. To save your life, what song do you sing? Barbra Streisand, Don't Rain on My Parade. <laughs> I, don't I tell me that. not to live, just sit and put up. <laughs> Life's candy and the sun's a bowl of butter. Don't tell me not to cry or rain on my parade. That's all I got. <laughs> you're never, you, no one's ever going to kill you. You will live forever. JJ, you are, you are. Uh, <laughs> And now it's time for Rad Libs. Here's what happened. I've written a story and I've left out some parts of speech. You give me those parts of speech and together we're going to make a hilarious story. J.J. Barrows, are you ready to play? Ready. All right. I need a side effect. Nausea. You got that. Okay. An instrument, a musical instrument. Melodica. A melodica. Which, which one is that again? <laughs> okay. Wow. Now do a sitar. No. Uh, <laughs> a number. I need a number. Uh, 14. 14. Why do you have a melodica? You're, never mind. I've got some weird stuff by my desk, too. Okay. <laughs> a famous person. Uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> yes. An adverb. Wow, now I can only think of quickly. <laughs> okay, quickly. Quickly. Adjective. Messy. Uh, an occupation. Teacher. A first name. Bob. Plural noun. Balloons. Yes. <laughs> A negative response. Ugh. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, food. Pizza. Yes. I knew you were going to say pizza. Don't ask me how. I don't know. <laughs> uh, an excuse. Oh, uh, I can't. I've got to work. A frequency. Like, uh, I don't know, how often? A moderate amount. A body part. Arm. Uh, a life event. High school graduation. When you think you can do anything. A liquid. A uh, Pepsi. 
I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't even drink Pepsi. And good advice. Be kind. Love others. Try harder. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we have a story, my friend. We have a fantastic story. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Uh, inspired by you. This was written for you. It's called Just an Old Fashioned Love Song. <laughs> I'm so excited. I am too. Uh, I heard a song today that instantly gave me nausea. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. Just a guitar, a melodica, 14 backup singers, and Dolly Parton singing lead. The song was called Loving You Quickly. It's a love song about a messy boy and his unrequited love for the teacher next door, Bob. <laughs> I want to play the song now. I want to hear it. Uh, in the song, the boy tries everything to make the teacher fall in love with him. He sends him a bouquet of balloons, but the teacher says, Blech. <laughs> He makes him a homemade pizza, but he says, I can't. I got to work. Finally, he stands outside his window and says, I will love you a moderate amount. Arm is yours. I want this song to play at my high school graduation because every time I hear it, my eyes fill up with Pepsi. The last line gets me every time. The teacher looks at the boy from the window and says, quickly, be kind, love others, try harder. That was brilliant. I want a copy of that. <laughs> I will send you, I will get it notarized and sent to oh. you immediately. Oh my God. That was, wow. I needed that. I don't, I haven't laughed that hard in a while. <laughs> You're amazing. You're the best guest ever. You will definitely back. I've had so much fun talking to you. I cannot wait uh, to unearth so more things we have in common. You're amazing. Um, please tell the listeners and viewers uh, what you want to plug, where they can find you, what you've got coming up. Oh yeah. Find me on Instagram. I always post shows on there. Uh, JJ Barrows. I have my, I have an art account as well. Paintings, the crown, the Dolly Carton crowns that I make are on there. Um, at JJ Barrows art and pretty much anything I do, you can find it on my website, jjbarrows.com. Very original. Just my name. <laughs> fun website. I've been there. It's really cool. It's colorful. It's got all kinds of fun stuff. You did very good. Oh, thanks. That's so rad. Well guys find follow friends support get a dolly carton um and and thank you so much for coming on today this has been a real treat yeah dude thanks so much for having me it was so cool for me to get to hang out and talk with you and to laugh that hard god i needed that so thank you so much <laughs> interview complete singing i will always love you and eating jalapeno hot dogs in jj's honor Ah, I think Computer Lady has a little crush. Well, thank you, JJ Barrels, for coming on the show today. Guys, follow, friend, find, like, buy her stuff. I think she has a book out, all kinds of stuff. But but just jump in with both feet to all things JJ Barrels. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Guys, I, I really appreciate it. You can find me through my website, kristenkey.com. Follow me on all my social media if you're not already. Join the Patreon. It's a whole lot of fun. Get a cameo for someone that you love. And next time, I'll be bringing you another hilarious comedian. We're going to sit down, chit-chat, play five quick questions, do a rad lib, and then everybody goes home happy. So until next time, goodbye.
We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause it's fun.